hello each and everyone out there watching on the internet. This is Take the Black, uh, the weekly show on Winter's Come, where we talk about everything fantasy, sci-fi, movies, TV. I am Dan Selke, the editor of Winter'sCome.net. And we'll just say, first up, um, our, our usual co-host, Daniel Roman, is still out. He's still around, don't worry, he'll be back. Um, and I've seen the rumors that he was never really real. We just dreamed him. Those aren't true. That's whoever told us is wrong. But this week, uh, we have on Cody Schultz, the entertainment director from fansided.com entertainment division on, uh, to talk with us. Cody, how are you doing? Doing good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me too. It's been a bit, uh, I know I joined Daniel not too long ago, but it's been a bit since I've got to come on and talk all things fantasy and sci-fi with you good i'm glad glad you're here um i don't know why i want to say this but everyone at home you need to know that cody schultz even though he (laughs) um looks you know and he is extremely friendly and nice uh he's like seven feet tall you can't tell sitting down but he, he he's a tall man um i just want them to know that so if they try to come for you they'll think twice uh hey everybody watching Hello, uh, Natalie. Hello, Martha. Hello, Julie. Thanks for waking up. No need to wake up. Uh, Julie is our fan in Australia who has to wake up way too early to watch this because it's like it's it's too early over there. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, as usual, we have plenty to talk about. And hello, Andrew over there on the YouTube. And everyone watching on YouTube, Facebook, all the internet is welcome. Um, as usual, plenty of hello, Claudia. Uh, good to see you as well. Look at all our fans. Um, so Cody, I know that you're actually not a big, uh, dragon stan, but we're going to talk a little bit about House of the Dragon and then move on to something you are an expert in. But first we got to visit Westeros because this is Take the Black. It is a Game of Thrones House of the Dragon podcast performance. We have to check in with what's happening with those wacky folk. You've never watched Game of Thrones House of the Dragon, right, Cody? Correct. Honest, Sorry. Honestly, that's where I thought you were going with that first intro. I'm like, oh, here it comes my, my roast for not watching... House of the Dragons no, or Game it of Thrones. in my head that you're like really <laughs> tall in person. People don't know that looking at you on the screen. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Yeah, it's definitely I'm I'm lucky in that sense. I've got I got the height from my mom's side of the family, which is a plus. And it works being like the tallest of the siblings too, because there's nothing worse than being like a, a older brother who's shorter than the younger brothers. So that definitely True. is a plus. It works out beautifully. My older brother's also the oldest. He stole it. Um, anyway, you have to have the dragon. Can I ask you this? Would you have you ever attempted to watch Game of Thrones House of the Dragon, or is there is, is it like a life plan where that would happen, or is this is, has has this ship just sailed? I mean, I'll never honest. say never. I go back to shows very far removed from when they premiere. Um, I mean, to mm-hmm. be fair, I know about the shows. Like, I know the gist of things just because. I've read articles, I've edited well, sure, articles. Yeah. So I know like key events that happened and and that, but I mean, I've learned to never say never. I, I sometimes I'm slower and it's weird when I'll go to catch up on some of these different shows. But I mean, when I binge watch and jump into shows, which the summer is that perfect time for me because sure. all of the fall shows are off and I'm like always trying to fill time. Um, but I mean, there's been other shows that I've caught, caught up on and just... You have to nudge me enough times and then I'll be like, fine, let me give it a try. And then if I if I hate it, I'll just be friendly and be like, 
yeah, I checked it out and I don't know if it's for me and you just won't hear me about it or I'll become obsessed with it Um, because that's happened as well. Like I was late to the Ted Lasso train and once I started that, I just, it became my whole personality for a bit. Hmm. I, uh, later we can talk about the Ted Lasso finale because I watched it and it was, uh, it was good. I liked it. But for now, Westeros, maybe we'll turn you on while we talk about this for a bit. So basically, they're filming season two of House of the Dragon. It's ongoing. They're in Wales. Nudge, nudge, Cody, says Julie. So just, meh. And I'll <laughs> keep it up, Julie, off camera. Um, one bit of quick news might interest anybody out there. If you're in Wales and you don't have an arm or a leg, they're looking for you. They're casting for male amputees, 18 to 55, to uh, be in House of the Dragon season two in Wales. So if you're a Welsh amputee, Go for it. Do not cut off your limb just to be in the show. We do not recommend this. Unless you can, like, fake it really well. So that's fun. Uh, my guess, again, Cody, you, you, you're just going to have to go along for a second. There's a bit in this, because this this is based off, the show's based off a book called Fire and Blood by George R. R. Martin. And there is a, my, my guess is that there's a bit where Rhaenyra Targaryen, who is one of the two opposing war people who are fighting for the Iron Throne, has more dragons than they have riders for them. So they put out this call in the book to like, if you can come ride this dragon, anybody who can successfully do it, we will give you a knighthood, we will give you lands. And there's this section, that could be really fun on TV, where like tons of folk try and a few succeed, but a lot of others like get maimed and killed and hurt trying to tame these dragons. So my bet is they need amputees for like the um, the unsuccessful people who try to tame the dragons and just, whoops, didn't quite work. There are some battles coming too. You always need the armless and the legless for that. Cody, would you uh, lose an arm or a leg to play a role? I would not. No, no, thank yeah, you. I, I mean, it's interesting to me that the, the they're doing the casting calls. I feel like so many times you just see like they use like the green screen technology and you'll see just a bunch of people wearing like the, the green sleeves on their different limbs. And then they'll just kind of like digitally take them out afterwards. So um, I do think it's neat that I, that they're putting out this open casting call. It'll be interesting to see how exactly they do come into play um, of the different theories you mentioned, but like yeah, that seems like, I, I don't know. I guess they have to cast a wide net there. Um, yeah. I'll be, who knows? I, I've, I'd love to know how many people showed up for it and what the disclaimers say and like the casting blast that they put out there. Cause I'm sure they probably, <laughs> you just know they had to put something out there. Like do not do this. <laughs> I, they, if they put out, if they don't have a don't maim yourself disclaimer <laughs> and someone does it, they can't be held responsible for that legally. Surely. I don't know. If I were their lawyer, I would put in a don't hurt yourself. I don't, whatever. We're getting off topic. Um, so that's happening. That's fun. <laughs> Leo's is diverse, higher or cost effective. <laughs> as, as Julie says, maybe a finger or a toe. Yeah, sure. If there was like a really, okay, here's a question. Would you cut off a finger or a toe for a million dollars? Probably not. I think I would. I, mean... I think I'd do it. <laughs> It'd be like a like a like a less used toe. I think I would do it for a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could part with like a pinky. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. My my hands, no. I wouldn't. I, by the way, in all the comments, I want to know what you think too. I want to keep my hands, but like the toes, I'll just wear socks and shoes all the time. Just and and and, and, and that'll be fine. 
maybe a toe, Natalie says. And Julie says, yeah. Chloe says, no. I don't know, man. I mean, I have two feet. It, won't, it wouldn't be too balanced. It wouldn't be too far off balance. Okay. Anyway, uh, moving on. We also have um, <laughs> the stunt coordinator for both Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon, uh, Rowley Earlham, talking about House of Dragon season two and just House of Dragon in general. And he's basically out here teasing a big battle sequence that we all suspect is coming, but it's good to get some confirmation. So, I mean, Cody, again, you don't watch Game of Thrones. I just want to shame you again for that. Um, did you hear while it was happening, they had these, you know, kind of big, spectacular battle sequences that I think kind of uh, traveled, like folk were talking about these, the Battle of the Bastards, the loot train attack, et cetera, and so forth. That show kind of raised the bar for kind of movie level action on TV. I feel like other shows are trying to do, like that Lord of the Rings show tried to do it and it was like half successful. Well, the Time Show did it and was like half successful. Um, that's traveled. And I guess the question now is, does House of Dragon have to deliver that level of splendor? And what the stunt coordinator says is the desire to always go bigger and better. The desire is always to go bigger and better, but not to repeat. We don't want Battle of the Bastards 2 or Hard Home 2 or Spoils of War 2. We're always trying to find new sequences we can get our teeth into. Cody, are there any action scenes on TV that stick out to you when you think about spectacularity on your small screen? I know, I'm trying to think. I mean, my mind's going to more recent ones lately of things like from some of the Marvel shows. Of course, there's been some good fight sequences. The Mandalorian has done some really That's incredible true. Yeah. scenes and all that. But yeah, I feel like it is a hard thing too for, for this show because you do have those high standards to live up to that it is like you have to at least hit the bar and then it's like you have to try to find ways to top yourself because you're already being compared to the predecessor no matter what like people are going to compare them so it does kind of raise that bar for them of like the expectations even if it is of game of thrones just level there's that expectation that needs to be even better than it was before and so it'll be interesting but yeah i mean i feel like They've, it's. I keep forgetting that this show is also still filming, that they're not one that's shut down like I've, most of the other. Yeah, it's that um, weird, are they scabs or are they not? It's a very strange gray area that they're going through. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see if it affects the quality. I mean, I'm not really worried about the battles. I, I, I'm not sure the writers are going to be talking about the battles that much. Um, it's more of a director thing, and they just, a bunch of scabs signed a deal. We'll get to that later. Um, by the way, I have more to say about this, but really quick, some great comments. Andrew Haley from The Last Kingdom for a uh, battle scene. More great toe input. Martha probably would. And Natalie is interested would we get taxed on the million? And I just thought about it, and I don't think we would, because if someone's going to give you a million dollars for cutting off an appendage, I feel like that's like under the radar, you know? Like that that's not a public thing, because then the law would get involved and it'd be like a big how to do. So I feel like, no, you would not get taxed. But the chances that you cut off something and they don't deliver at all do go up. Um, so it's a it, it's a different kind of risk. I think I'd still it, it depends. I think I'd still do it. Um, anywho, uh, Rowley Earlham continued saying that it's not a secret that this in this story there's a battle at sea. I think that's where we're headed. The desire is to expand our repertoire to a large sea battle. You can do a sea battle in a car park but it won't necessarily feel the same. But there are water tanks and there's a tank here in Leavesden, England. 
if you're going to do it, I think do it in a tank, but let's see what happens. Basically, he is saying without saying it, there's a big battle called the Battle of the Gullet coming up. And it is true that Game of Thrones, for as many battles they have, they never did like a battle at sea. Because it's probably very hard. I don't know. I I, I don't film battles. Um, to have like ships fighting ships. There's a big one called the Battle of the Gullet. I won't spoil it, but it involves this character here, uh, Jacerus Valerian, seen wearing what looks like a broom for a wig. I, hope, I, I think they're going to get on that um, in the second season. It involves dragons. It involves ships. It could be pretty great if they do it. And that's what he making means because Natalie said we want a battle, battle of bastards uh, two, and Earlham says that they don't want to repeat themselves. I think there's definitely room for them to have something spectacular that we just haven't seen. And this big battle of the gullet sea battle with there's lots of ships involved could be a good opportunity to do that. And again, Cody, I know you haven't seen the show, so I'm, I don't know if I ask your opinion on this. Do you have any thoughts or can we just move on? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely just to sum it up, like without knowing like the full context, I think doing something and like the battle of the sea, a sea battle would definitely is something we haven't seen. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard sometimes finding different ways to do battle. And I feel like that opens so many opportunities of how they can play it up with, like you said, like the ships and just people going overboard will there be any kind of sea creatures coming to play you know it kind of gives them they can even like just like the aesthetics is so different than mm-hmm. a, a battle that's on land so 100%. i think it'll be interesting to see what they come up with and how it turns out yeah and i, I don't want to spoil it for you guys but uh it it, it it if they can do it it should be it should be pretty cool and, and i do like the variety and as natalie says yeah the actor who plays jace has such nice hair i don't know why they put him in a wig i don't either yeah it, it's a it's a I think his hair was too short when he came in and they said like, you need fantasy hair. I think he's growing it out this time because it really did look like um, they got like a Hanson wig and dyed it brunette um, in that first season. So we'll see what happens next time. Okay. As Andrew says, see, but it'll be awesome. Andrew Haley. Yeah. The battle of the gullet and fire and blood could be a very good time. All right. So that's our Westeros corner. How fun, how interesting Cody. I don't want to be that pushy person who makes you watch a show. I don't know. Maybe I'll try hard because it's a lifeblood of our site, but we'll see. I still, so just, God, should I get into this really quick? I remember like you, you hadn't seen Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or anything. And just the thought of me like, but you run the entertainment division. How could you have seen Star Wars, Lord of the Rings? Just like, you know. I feel like it was party professional development. Have you since seen Star Wars? I thought you did. I I have. And yes, it was a matter of you just have to stay on me with it because mm-hmm. that's what happens. I, you know, I don't want to say I was bullied into watching them, but friendly that, banter. That, that, that feels right. But I, mean, doing it. I don't know. I think it was one of those things. Um, I watched the Star Wars movies when they launched on Disney Plus and my commentary sh- short and sweet on those that I love the Mandalorian and that's, that's true where I yeah the Mandalorian saved Star Wars for me because I'm not gonna lie I the the movies did not hold my interest in areas mm-hmm. um the pacing just wasn't there for me in some parts and I think what it is, is I didn't have that nostalgia that so many people have with that franchise sure that like I wasn't a franchise I grew up on and so it's just they I wasn't I didn't have that same impact on me but i love the mandalorian book of boba fett it's okay um I'm really, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for ahsoka and to see what they do with that one and we'll talk to on that a little bit later but 
the other day? Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. It's just it's not me being like a contrarian by by way of anything. It's just I don't know. I've always no, leaned a little like, bit more towards broadcast. Yeah, I get it. Like some everyone's different. Um, I mean, Camilla and Natalie are aghast, but every <laughs> but it's it's different strokes for different folks. But say come said, as Martha asked, didn't the Greaters have a battle at sea? Which they did, but it was kind of like all on one ship. That was the seventh season of Game of Thrones, episode two, God of a Dork, um, where there was like a fight, but it was just like people fighting on a ship. We're talking about like ships fighting ship. They really haven't had that. So um, looking forward to that. But Cody, one thing you do watch, I know that you watch, is stuff with superheroes. We're talking people who are clad in spandex. They have capes. They fly. They jump. They can punch things and the things fall apart rather than they hurt their hand. That kind of thing. Um, you are a superhero person. So I'm going to run some superhero stories by you and get your take because it is happening out here in this superhero landscape this week. Are you ready? I am ready. I mean, Marvel, it looks like the Marvel threw up on me. So I think I'm, I'm come prepared repping That's my Marvel true. fandom today. <laughs> well, first, let's get your opinion on, I know that we haven't watched it, um, but the new Spider-Verse movie is a, is just pleasing people you know critics ordinary people with souls um just up and down the line this thing made a ton of money like over 100 million like domestically this first weekend the reviews are rapturous um fun quick story i was supposed to see this at a advanced screening and then um i went on the wrong night by mistake and I asked the ticket taker to to like, I'm here for the screening. They're like, oh, we had one last night. Is it a different theater? And I'm like, yeah, it's in a different theater. That's it. I'm going to go to that theater. But I, I, it wasn't. I, I just put up on the wrong night. Uh, so I couldn't see it. But are you pleased with the reception, the rapturous reception the movie has been getting? Yeah, I can't, say, I can't say I'm surprised with the success for this yeah, one. Yeah, um, I mean, the first first film in the franchise was a really big success. Um, and this one just, like you said, is really built upon that. I mean, the opening for into the spider verse was 35 million and across the spider verse just did 120 million on its opening weekend. Yeah. So you can see Good the Lord. interest is definitely risen there. And I think it's because that this was a movie that got really good word of mouth buzz from fans um, of just their friends going and seeing it and then talking them to go and seeing it. It also made waves at the the Oscars and took home the the Oscar for best animated picture, which is it was great. It's I very rare really for good. superhero movies to get recognition at award shows. We know this. I'm still holding that bitterness of Angela Bassett losing her her Oscar. Yeah, you are um, holding on to that. I'm holding on to that one for dear life. But I think we we anticipated because they they teased that this one was going to go big. Um, and really just further expand and build upon this world that it introduced in the first one. And it's delivered to that. I'm, I I definitely plan on seeing it in theaters. It's just this, the opening weekend was such a weird, like crazy time that I haven't had the chance to go see it yet. Um, but I'm really excited to see, especially they've been talking a lot about the styles and how they yeah, kind it's of like dive deeper dimensions, into like the, different animation mm -hmm. styles. And I think that's what I'm really interested to see. And of course, the soundtrack, we shouldn't be surprised at all. The soundtrack for this one is also getting praised. The first movie soundtrack was incredible and, and they outdid themselves, I think, with the sequel soundtrack. And so 
I'm not surprised. I think people just want something different from superhero movies and it's hard to get that because there's been so many. And this is one of those films. It's just, it's style is unlike anything we've ever seen before. And so it's kind of in its own lane right now. And I think it'll, we'll eventually see imitators. It's just going to be a matter of how they try to go about it. It does feel lighter on its feet than other superhero films. Just there's a, there's a different energy, different freshness, a different kind of movement. And I really want to see it. People are laughing at me for missing the screening and they should, because that was really um, pathetic. Um, and I'll have to see it on my own time and I'll pay double just because um, I, I feel like I should to balance the scales. Uh, and that's been successful. They're also going to make, apparently the Sony said they're also working on live action Miles Morales movie, live action Spider-Woman movies. Is that too much or is that what people demand? I don't think it's too much. I think it's long overdue um, because we're finally sure. with this, this yeah. franchise seeing those that diversity brought to the screen. And it's something that's been lacking for far too long and in comics in general, but also especially in superhero movies. And we're seeing efforts finally being taken with some of these franchises kind of become more diverse and introduce these different characters. And I think Miles Morales is such a perfect character to do that with. It'll be interesting to see how they go about casting because, of course, the actor who voices him in the movies, I don't think they could get him to play no. the character. Just the age difference I is think way a little too, too old. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Shmi Glover got too old, too. Mm-hmm. There's a young actor out there who doesn't have much of a name yet. He'll be perfect for it. That's what it'll be interesting to see is if they go with someone kind of unknown at the time or, or if they try Jaden to find Smith. a big name. Mm-hmm. I hear, I keep seeing, uh, Kayla McLaughlin from uh, Stranger Things, oh, also okay. someone, yeah, yeah, which I could work. see him possibly too. But I almost hope they go with like a lesser known because that's kind of what happened with Tom Holland. Is he hadn't that was really his big break and kind of shifted the whole trajectory of his career and gave gave us a really fun Spider so Spider Man. So I wouldn't be mad if they went with a lesser known actor. I do hope they. I wish it was just Miles Morales and they would dump the Peter Parker movies because I, I do. Like, look, once we have, like, three different Spider-Man franchises, it will start feeling tired. Like, right now, they're going to have, like, there's a, there's a Batman franchise with the British one, the Vampire Sparkles, Pattinson. There's, there's going to be a new one with a cast in that now. It's going to be a lot of super guys on screen. Um, oh, there's a lot of Batman on screen. That's starting to feel a little old. Just, they can't keep this going forever. But um, I'm happy the spider movie is doing so well. Also, uh, Natalie, not Natalie, uh, Julie said her favorite superhero is Thor. So we'll, so a good segue to this. Um, did you hear about Chris Hemsworth grousing recently, weighing in on the eternal uh, Marvel movies aren't cinema debate? Basically saying uh, he finds it super depressing when he hears that. There goes two of my heroes I won't work with. I guess, I guess they're not a fan of me. I'm thankful that I was a, been a part of something that kept people in cinemas. Now, whether or not those films were to detriment of other films, I don't know. I don't know when we start. I don't love when we start scrutinizing each other when there's so much fragility in the business and in the space of the arts as it is. Apparently, even his kids criticize the Thor movies or his kids' friends, saying that uh, the fourth Thor was too silly. I guess I'll just ask you, Cody, where do you fall on the Marvel movies aren't cinema um, spectrum? And are you more Team Hemsworth or Team Martin Scorsese, who famously said that Marvel movies aren't real cinema, not real? 
Yeah. So first off, I love the accent. Uh, threw me for a minute, but love the. They love turned the to John there. Lennon halfway through. It was not good. <laughs> I mean, it's probably no surprise that I'm with Hemsworth on this one. Um, sure. I mean, that's no shocker at all. I'm, I think if anybody saw it going the other way, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, it's just, it's one of those things that it irks me in that it's a sense of you don't have to put down one genre of film just because you don't you're not a fan of it and you don't want to make those kind of movies. I mean, we've always kind of seen with film history, there's always these waves of different mm -hmm. genres become yeah, super, true. super popular. And then they kind of phase out at a certain point and then they regain popularity down the line. I mean, you had like, look at Westerns for such a long period of like every actor was just Western movies and all that. And it's just, it's part of the genre. And I think sometimes it's like almost a, it seems comes off as bitter of that. These yeah. people are going <laughs> and seeing all of these movies and spending millions of, you know, raking in millions and there's like, you know, Billions. a handful of people going to see their movies. And it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I just, I feel like it's easy for some of these directors to just call out Marvel and say, Oh, it's not a claim. It's not, it's not cinematic. And there's definitely, yes, there's more of these movies are designed to be those big blockbuster popcorn kind of movies, but to, to discount the whole franchise. I mean, there's so many incredible moments in this franchise. Um, sure. And I mean, you've got like even like films like Black Panther uh, or outside the Marvel front. Like I think Wonder Woman was 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 a movie that kind of got overlooked and didn't get the acclaim that everyone hoped it would get in Patty Jenkins direction there. And yeah, I mean, to each their own. But I feel like if you just it's just a way to say like, oh, this isn't this genre is doing too much. So it's it's not cinema. That's its downfall. It's bitter. I mean, they are very different, but. That was the last era. This is the new era. There will be another era. I mean, perhaps they're bitter because, like, the reality is Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, they probably won't be alive to see the next era. So, like, it, it's it, it's too bad that their era has passed and that they, you know, maybe if they live to the next one, they're kind of a should come back in vogue again. But they're very old, so they won't. Like, Tarantino might live long enough to, like, have a resurgence. Um, but... I love them too. Like, it's not like I, I stopped loving Goodfellas because um, Martin Scorsese is like Marvel movies. So rock on everybody. Um, finally, this is a big one. Actually, there are two more. One more small superhero thing and then the big one. Um, we got our first image from the new Captain America film, Brave New World, changed from, I think it was first Captain America New World Order. Now it's Brave New World. Harrison Ford and Anthony Mackie as Thunderbolt Ross and the new Captain America. Look at my command of names. Um, any thoughts on this, Tony? The title change, the picture? Are, are you interested in this? I, I think the title change was definitely a very, very smart Cowardly. fart move um, because they, there was a lot of controversy around the name change um, mm -hmm. originally just because of the kind of ties it has. Um, Conspiracy thoughts. And so, yeah, with, well, with like the new, the new world order kind of, you know, with it's very viewed as very anti-Semitic and that. And so I think it was a good change for Marvel, even though they didn't say, you know, we've heard the fans and that's why we're changing it. I think it was a smart play. Um, I'm curious to see where this one goes. Um, I think I'm more excited. I don't know. I've always been a little lukewarm on uh, Anthony Mal Mackey's Falcon. Um I did enjoy Falcon and the Winter Soldier and his kind of rise into Captain America in that That's position. But I think what I'm more excited about is to see where they go with the next Falcon um, with Danny Ramirez reprising his role from 
the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They haven't released any official photos, but there's been leaked set photos kind of confirming he is going to take up the Falcon um, mantle in this movie. And we've seen shots of his costume and they're very comic accurate. And so I'm excited for that. It'll be interesting to see where they go. We haven't really seen in Marvel, at least the passing of a torch from one franchise being going from one hero to another hero. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, But I think fans are going to show up for this one. I think it's got a lot to be excited for. Um, This is also one of the few Marvel movies that hasn't been shut down yet. So it seems like it's probably will be one that'll at least be able to stick its landing next season, uh, next next season, next year. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I know it's coming out, I think in summer of 2024. Um, So I'm sure it'll be that big Marvel blockbuster for fans. But uh, I think it's it's just going to be interesting to see how how much of the tie-in there is to the show versus the movie. It could be cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, my first thought when I changed the title was that I I liked the old title because it was so controversial. Although, I guess it would depend on the content. Like, if they actually went after that conspiracy theory and, like, the movie was deconstructing it, that would be cool. But also, I'm like, what are the odds that Marvel's going to actually deal seriously with an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory? Like, probably nil. So, yeah, they probably just use it as window dressing, so probably change this. Although part of me has this fantasy that Marvel would, like, make a movie about an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory and, like, fighting against it. And that, I would be fully in support of that, but they're not. They're they're not going to go that controversial. Um, So it's probably more fitting. I don't even, like, what scriptwriter wrote that and thought it was going to, like, pass muster? I'm not even sure. (laughs) But yeah, I'll probably have that change. Um, really quick break. Hayato, uh, um, Hayato says, really wants House Dragon season two. So do we all. And as Claudia asks, but just by House of the Dragon, do we think the sea battle will be one episode or more? Probably just one episode. I don't think the battles really stretch out for more than one episode. These things cost like a million dollars a minute. Um, you, you only have so much uh, you, that you can really uh, lengthen them. Um, and finally, Cody, back to Superhero Train. I want to ask, are you excited about the flash the next big superhero movie coming out next weekend right with a human crime scene ezra miller starring as barry allen the fastest man in the world who goes different dimensions all the different dimensions these days superhero stuff are, are, are you gonna see this one i am gonna see this one but this is one where it's it's i'm excited to see the flash but not because of the flash um like oh, I, i'm right. more excited to see all of the other characters especially michael keaton's batman um I'm eager to see like what other cameos are going to sneak in, especially knowing this probably will be the last time we'll see certain characters appearing. It's hard because I didn't probably. mind Ezra Miller's uh, Barry Allen and Flash and, and the role that we did see them in. Um, yeah, right. They were, you know, they were they were fun. It was kind of the, the humor and and comedy that we have known for the Flash and from comics and the Justice League. And so, I think if they hadn't gone down this like crime spree, like you said, it would be a completely different thing and. It's just like even so awkward to think of like how they're not having them do press because of course all of the, the controversy. So it's like not to have your marquee player there yeah, for most of the weird. press. It just feels weird. Like they're going to do some of the big stuff, but they've kind of made it clear like, no, we're going to lean into having other cast members. And it's just such, it's a shame because I don't know who, but it's also just, I don't know. I'm struggling with this one also. There's excitement. But also there's that what's the point kind of question because of course the universe is getting rebooted. Um, And so it's like, will this actually play into any other future plans or is just going to kind of be like a one-off of kind of like what we saw with the Zack Snyder Justice League cut of like, 
yeah, this is great. We finally saw it, but it's not going anywhere. So we got to enjoy it and all the what ifs and they don't go anywhere. So I think that's where there probably is such a divide with fans is just, we saw how bad it hurt Shazam a sequel um, just because fans were like, what's the point? Um, but yeah, I agree with, I just saw Andrew in the comments. It secretly is a Batman movie. It feels like at this point. Hmm. Yeah, maybe if that were the case. I mean, I'm sure that Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, or, or um, Prince Ford Coppola <laughs> would say that a movie should stand on its own. It doesn't have to go anywhere in order to be worth seeing. But that's the past. We're in the present where movies only exist to set up the next movie. So yeah, what it, what is the point? I'm being kind of sarcastic. I, I don't think I'll... If they offer me a free screening, I'll see it, and I'll show up to the right one this time, I swear. If any people are watching who, who want to... Um, it, it invite me to a screen in Chicago. I, I'd love to go see it. That's good. The reviews have been pretty good, but like pretty good for a DC movie, I, I think like is the qualifier. Everyone is like, this is the best DC movie yet produced with the caveat that most of them have been pretty bad. Um, yeah, the yeah, bar is I'm a bit lower. Think about it. It is, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think too, the other thing that is people have wanted to see them tackle the Flashpoint storyline and yeah. like knowing that it could have all these repercussions that they could explore in other movies and just knowing that, oh, hey, we're going to get the Flashpoint, but you know, what's, you know, it's probably just going to go nowhere. And so this feels like it should have been a universe building movie. And instead it's just probably like a, a road bump to the end of the DCU as we know it. Maybe it can just tell a story from beginning, middle and end in the movie. That's possible. It's possible. It might happen. We'll see when it comes out next weekend, next Friday. All right, Cody, leave behind some pairs, leave behind Westeros. Are you and anybody out there, I want to know you guys too. What else are you watching, if anything? Or as Daniel Roman would have it, are you reading anything? He does this thing where he has like these <laughs> big, uh, like kind of clumps of dead paper and he flips through them. There's words written on him and he reads the words. Fucking witchcraft. Sorry, it's witchcraft. Uh, but what are you watching, if anything? Yeah, so um, I'm in a weird, like that weird transition period of like where I'm looking for my next show to dive into. Just finished Manifest, um, its final 10 episodes. It was a thing. Um, <laughs> wasn't too, I was a little disappointed with how it ended. Um, also just watched the final season of Never Have I Ever, which is coming to Netflix this week. It definitely had a better ending. I was more happy with its series finale than I was with Manifest. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of a free agent. So this, I guess, is the time where people should start bullying me about uh, watching Game oh, of Thrones because all right. something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for straws and trying to figure out what am I going to dive into next? You heard of people. If you, if you want um, <laughs> Cody to watch anything recommended now uh, commenters out there. I mean, what do you think of the finale of Ted Lasso? Cause I watched that. That one. I really enjoyed the, uh, the finale for that one. This show, like I mentioned, I was late to the game and binge watched that very quickly to where I was caught up, I think like a couple episodes into season three and then was having to watch weekly with the rest of the fans. And nice. there I was every Tuesday night when the episode dropped early. And uh, I really thought they stuck the landing with this one. Uh, I think we kind of saw where it was going with certain storylines. Um, I know there was also some controversy about like the green screen for one of the final like wrap up scenes, but I didn't care. It was just living for the moment and that oh, i thought it was, was a really there uh, yeah people did not like the uh the stonehenge scene at all 
Oh, it did look a little fake now that I think about it. I mean, I didn't, re- whatever, it's fine. It was like three seconds. Yeah, but I think it, I'm, I think where I'm there struggling now is figuring out what's, yeah, Stonehenge. <laughs> they got married at, well, that's stupid. Why are I they think getting married that at Stonehenge? Was, I, I think it was Stonehenge. Because, well, I mean, it makes sense for, for coach i mean he's such an enigma well, it does but like how much must that cost to rent out stonehenge for a wedding <laughs> how, much, how much does a coach make i i don't know it's i'm i think where my one struggle and i'm curious to see what your thoughts Ooh. are is the dream i've seen dream. a lot about that i don't think it was i think they've kind of just like it was this, uh dispelled that because i know a lot of people were like oh well, that's just ted's dream that's why he wasn't as present in some of those scenes but I want to know your thoughts on do you think the show should continue? Because I know there's a lot of talks about them doing a spinoff. No. About who? Danny Rojas and Brothel? Well, I know this week they they, they sent out about like they they tweeted out a picture of the Apple TV or Ted Lasso, one of those two accounts, of the new coaches. Um, and huh. then one of the actors, the actor who plays um Nate basically like reacted with like a shh emoji. And so there's a lot of rumors like of, could they continue the show without Ted? And I'm like, part of me says I'll be there just because I love these characters and I'd be curious. I'd follow them, but it sucked the landing so well with its final episode that I kind of am okay with where it ended. I'm right there with you. Actually, That, that sounds about right. Yeah, they could, there's enough gas in the tank, but, um, there's something to be said for a, a show that gets in, gets out in its own time, does a good job, and doesn't need to stick around forever and just be lots of lots of spinoffs. I'm looking really blue today. Uh, as Nicole says, they could probably continue the show, but it wouldn't be the same without Ted. True. Um, and other folk, JP is watching Silo. Last episode has been okay. That let's look good. Julie agrees with you, Cody, that you love Manifest, but agree not, not the best ending for the show. And as Claudia says, Succession is good. Succession's one you could watch. Is that something that seems in your alley? I'm gonna guess no. Probably not. No. Yeah, I don't right, know what it enough. is about that one. Uh, I just, yeah. I love Succession, uh, Claudia. Just FYI, I thought it was great. <laughs> um, I finished Succession. I finished Ted Lasso. We finished Barry. That one was good too. Now I'm going to watch the rest of the marvelous mrs Maisel, which i uh as last season do you watch that one i do not know that might be you know what <laughs> i can see you liking that one i think that'd be a good cody show yeah um and i want to finish better call saul and i want to start severance on tv plus so i have a, a full dance card and then god this month i i'm gonna have to watch secret invasion i gotta watch the witcher which i'm sure is going to just lay a big fat turd on my eyeballs um uh, what else? Uh, there's Outlander coming out. There's the new Walking Dead spinoff. There's quite a bit on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's lots going on. Minus Outlander, as Martha says. Yes, we'll be covering it. Uh, Outlander will definitely one we'll talk. We'll, we'll have a rebound on here. You watch any of those? Are you an Outlander fan? Nope, not an Outlander. <laughs> gotcha. But I know that one. Yeah, it's it's possible. Um, definitely, The Witcher. I did try The Witcher in my defense. Mm. I did try that one. Yeah. I was very lost after the first episode and just decided bad. to go watch something else. So. I'll say right now, but, I think you would like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I think you would like it. That seems like a show that would fit. That's my personal feeling. So if you ever want to try that, because you, you enjoy the Gilmore Girls, right? 
You didn't enjoy no. the Gilmore Girls. Okay, I, I'm wrong. Never mind. That's I, I am so all over the place. It's hard for people to peg down what I have seen and what I have not. Because I feel it's like Gilmore Girls is one that I need to watch eventually. I just never did watch it when it was on and was never one I've gone back to Ben since. Right. Um, I feel like I'd, no. I'd enjoy I it like if it. I started that one. I think um, you would too. But yeah, Marvel's Miss Maisel, I think that's one that I, it's been on my watch list, my to-do list for a while. It's just, there's so many shows sometimes to keep up with yes. and streaming shows sometimes make it harder because there's such big gaps between the seasons mm-hmm. that it's, it's easy for me to fall off on some of those. Um, of or when they do return to dive back into them, it's like, oh, I can't even remember what I have to rewatch it because I forgot what happened when season two aired like three years ago. And so it's a little interesting with streaming. Okay. I really do. Cause Mrs. Maisel, it just ended its whole series. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's four seasons, like half of the season. So it's not too much. It, and it seems like your kind of thing. I'm my recommendation to you is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I think you would dig it and we can reconvene some other time to see what happened with that. Um, and as Julie says, try the umbrella Academy. Martha thinks might like the Americans. Um, which are both also good recommendations. Do either of those spark joy in you? So I, I do actually, I've watched the Umbrella Academy, that one. Um, caught up on that. Looking forward to seeing how they wrap it. We with found the final one. Season. Yes, I have watched that one. Uh, the Americans ones was another one I always meant to get around to and just never did. Um, I love the cast. And so I think that one's one that I'll probably could end up on the list this summer to watch. Cool. Lots of options. Um, <laughs> finally... Let's go into our final segment of the day, the Wick News Lightning Round, where we go through a bunch of stories we didn't have time to get to in the main body of the show. We just give our 20 seconds, no more, no less, but really sometimes more, um, opinions on them. Cody, are you ready to play? I am ready. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question first. We'll go back and forth. Uh, Cody, give me your 20-second take. The Directors Guild of America made a deal with the AMPTP, which is the organization that represents the studios, um, while the actors in the actors union, SAG-AFRA, voted to authorize a strike ahead of negotiations. They haven't actually gone on strike yet, like the writers have. Cody, are the directors big fat scabs? Yeah, my first instinct was like shady. Uh, because there's been this whole thing throughout the writer strike of like how they've gotten support from the other unions that they hadn't gotten in the past. Yeah, and it down. was like, it seemed like everybody was supporting them. And then all of a sudden the director's guild struck this deal. And I will give them the props of that. They did say like, it's not going to affect like any of the, the writers talking points, but yeah, I don't, it was shady for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't shady. All right. Next one. The Rock is getting his own Fast and Furious movie spinoff where he fights Jason Momoa. Thoughts? I have not seen a single Fast and Furious movie ever, but um, I'm curious about them because they're so big and so popular and have their own like kind of little world. And yeah, like a movie where where The Rock and Jason Momoa just go at it, just fight these two kind of slabs of charisma banging against each other. That sounds fun. Maybe I'll try to do one and make it my first one. We'll see what happens. I mean, they're all pretty much the same, right? Cars and fast racing. <laughs> I I'm, Have you seen any? Nope. Camilla's a big fan. She was on her a couple of weeks ago. Um, I guess, I guess, moving on. Um, okay, Cody. Uh, here's, here's another somber one. Uh, Lightyear director Angus McClain is among 75 employees at Pixar 
who were laid off the other week by Disney. 75 employees laid off at Pixar. Yeah, it's never a good thing when you see someone laid off just in general. I can't say this one's exactly too surprising just because Lightyear was a pretty big flop for the studio and they lost a lot of money Mm -hmm. on it. But you never like to see anyone get let go. So, I mean, cuts are cuts. But yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah, it is. All right. Speaking of the Disney Pixar brand. Oh, could you ask me the one after that? And then I'll ask you the one about the Disney Pixar brand. Yeah, sure. So, all right. I'm not sure if you knew that one. (laughs) That's a fair, that's honestly a fair one. If you Uh, did, I'll ask you it. But no, I was, I was about to, I was about to fake it and I would have made it. Cool. Um, All right. So, (laughs) Um, Hayao Mizaki's final film, How Do You Live, is going to be released with no trailer and no marketing. Okay, so Hayao Miyazaki is a legendary animator behind movies like Princess Mononoke, Spared It Away, My Never Totoro, all great, great, great movies. He's 82 years old. He has one more movie, How Do You Live, there. There's going to be no trailer, no marketing at all. Boss, baller move. I love Hayao Miyazaki movies. I will definitely see it. I don't know what it's about. Nobody does. It's based on an old book, but whatever. I think it's really cool just to get that word out there. I think you'd like Hayao Miyazaki movies. He makes really good movies, but um, that, that's another recommendation for later. I like that bold move. I think so many studios now give away so much with their trailers and promotion that I kind of like leaving a little bit of mystery. Sure. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Good for you, Mr. Miyazaki. Okay. Now I'll ask you, Cody, um, Disney is making... Oh, no, sorry. Um... A new Pirates of the Caribbean movie is a priority for Disney, and they're non-committal about Johnny Depp coming back. Good idea, bad idea. Interesting idea. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I understand this is a franchise that's made them a lot of money in the past, but I don't True. think this is a franchise anyone's out there begging for another movie from. So I really know. I don't know if it's necessarily the the one I'd be betting on if I was Disney. Yeah, fair enough. I'm I, I'm with you on that one. I I would just let it. It feels like it's kind of run its course. Yeah. Um, all right. This next one for you. Pretty new image from the 2024 Song of Ice and Fire calendar by Justin Sweet. Thoughts? And there's it's the really image. nice. That's uh, Daenerys with Drogon from A Dance with Dragons in the final chapter where they're warned to be the, the, the Dothraki Sea. Uh, these calendars are basically only new books Song of Ice and Fire fans get every year from George R. R. Martin. They're just every year he hires a new artist to illustrate these images they're all really cool and if i use calendars anymore i'd get them but i don't so i'll just say how nice they look they look so nice all right i'm gonna skip to another one because i think i'll be better for the perry mason one um okay uh cody so Zack snyder of the justice league uh has a new movie that's kind of star wars s but not star wars called rebel moon coming to netflix on december 22nd are you interested I'll probably check it out, but I think I'm a little hesitant because he's said that it's going to be two parts yes, and is. that he's releasing two different cuts, a family and an adult. And that just seems a little bit too sure. extra for me. So we'll see which cut I end up watching, but I'll check out one of them in the end, probably. I wish he would just make one movie. Like the interview said <laughs> that like it needed to be two. Like, no, it doesn't. Just make it one. Just make it good. Just do your job. Okay. Yeah. He wants to make a TV show, I think is what he wants to do, but he doesn't want the TV show budget. I think Netflix wants to make a TV show franchise, everything possibly can. And then they just, uh, they just enable these people to just make it way too big. But anyway, that's not very true. Yep. All right. So we've got HBO's canceled Perry Mason after two seasons. Are you surprised? Are you disappointed? I'm not. I'm disappointed. I really liked this show. It it was the show on HBO. It was this thirties period piece about like a unstable detective turned lawyer. 
it was really solid. It was well written. The mysteries were good. The characters were great. The acting was great. It looked expensive, and I don't think a lot of people watched it, so I'm not shocked. But it's too bad. I, I wish I had at least one more season to wrap things up. Um, but Perry Mason forever. Yeah, there we go. All right, getting toward the end here. Cody, <laughs> uh, Disney announced that Star Wars Ahsoka, the next big Star Wars show, premieres on Disney Plus on August 23rd. Will you be watching? Yeah, so I'll definitely be watching. I'm really curious to see what they do with this one. Uh, the Wednesday release time, I'm still, I'm, I'm not a big Wednesday fan. I don't think no, it helped no. the Mandalorian season three, but I think this one will be a success. I think that's also why we saw Loki get bumped is because they don't want the two competing. So I think sure. they're going all in with this promotion for Ahsoka and I hope it hits well for the audiences. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, you've what's got Rosaria Daw- Dawson, you know, so what's what can you go wrong with there? But all right, last one. Uh, Good Omen season two coming out on July 28th. Are you excited? I am, yeah. I like this. This was um, an adaptation of a Neil Gaiman Terry Pratchett book. Um, it was fun. It's kind of a it's 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 extremely whimsical in a British kind of way. Um, if you like like Monty Python, you'll kind of get the humor going on here. I really did, but I like the show anyway. Dev Tennant's good. Michael Sheen's good. It, it, it was a fun show. I think it'll be a and Neil Gaiman is deeply involved, so I'm I'm cool with that. Looking forward to it. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right. All right I have to go rogue real quick. I need to know. Do you think it will live up to the hype? Because it's been four years since season one drop. Do you think that audience will show up for it? I don't think there's been a ton of, I mean, like it it was kind of a, it found an audience, but it wasn't like a giant phenomenon or anything. So I don't feel like there's too much expectation on it to do like spectacular. I think it'll be good. I mean, because Neil Gaiman is personally involved in writing it. He's been a lot of people. He's basically the showrunner. So, and I trust in his talent. I think it'll be quite good. Yeah. I, I think it'll be solid. And I, and I don't think it has a ton of expectation. Do you? Like, do you think that people are really looking at this and being like, if this doesn't change TV, it's over for me? No, I, that's what I was. I, I thought the same thing. But I've seen some other people like talking about how, oh, did we need this season? I'm like, well, I think it'll be a fun season. Like, I, I yeah. think, I don't know. So I was curious to see if you were in that same boat or if I'm maybe alone there. It looks like a lark. And I don't think I was expecting it to be anything other than a lark. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of has the, the benefit of not having weighty expectations. I do know it has super fans. Like there are some folks who love this one, but like, you know, just some super fans on Twitter tweeting in all caps about how they hated this detail. Who cares? Like, um, I bet it'll be a good time. And if it's not, then I take everything back and I will go live in a cave under the sea in exile for the next 90 years. Um, and that is our show. Thanks again, Cody, for coming on. We think Daniel will be back next week. Uh, if you want more of us, uh, you know, we're here every week, every single week um, on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. CST, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, 1 p.m. Mountain, noon on the West Coast. I'm tired of saying all that. On the Winterman Facebook page and YouTube page. We stream live. Come, c- come on, hang out with us. Talk with us. It's fun. Join the discussion. We're also available in podcast form. Uh, wherever you download a podcast, be it Google Play, iTunes, or whatsoever. Cody, thanks so much again. Do you have any final words before we, before we sign off? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. I had a blast talking about uh, Marvel, of course, and just everything fantasy and sci-fi. And I promise as soon as I watch Game of Thrones, eventually I'll, I'll let you know you'll be my first call. We can end it with that. Thanks a lot, Cody. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.